You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Emilian and Jack, bringing you NFL news and insight from Down Under. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. We are back the season 2021 of the NFL season. I'm Jack, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Emilian. Hey, Jack. And um, as you can see, it's a new look panel here at Touchdown Under. Our good friend Anthony has departed, unfortunately, but Arif is still with us behind the camera as opposed to in front of it this season. But that's all right. We're ready to get stuck into the 2021 season and bring you loads of great content both here and on Instagram and all podcast platforms. Today, though, on our first episode back, we are going to be covering some free agency slash trade grades um, from this offseason. We're going to kick it off this episode with the AFC, and we're going to cover all um, 16 teams in the AFC, starting off with the AFC East, Emilian. Alrighty, so first off, we've got, first off we got the Bills, and their notable signings this offseason have been Mitchell Trubisky. They've signed him, I assume, as a backup quarterback. Uh, they've also signed Matt Breida, Emmanuel Sanders, Jacob Hollister, and Tyrell Adams. Um, they were able to re-sign Isaiah McKenzie, Daryl Williams, Matt Milano, and Levi Wallace. And really, the only notable loss they've had this offseason is John Brown. He's departed to the Raiders. So, I think overall, a decent offseason in terms of free agency and trades for the Bills. Nothing spectacular, but they didn't lose any key pieces. John Brown was a good piece, but I do think that Emmanuel Sanders brings something to the table for the Bills. So, it's not the worst that the Bills could have done, but they didn't really light up anything, in my opinion. Yeah, so we gave this um, a B minus their off season, and similar to you, Emilian, I really thought it was just a pretty stock standard um, off season from the Bills. But you know, it doesn't have to be too fancy when you're, you know, the Bills coming off a really good season. Um, I don't think they had a whole lot to fix in terms of their roster. Um, I was kind of questioning what the plan is at running back. I mean, you, you've got you've got uh, Devin Singletary. Um, Zach Moss and now Breda. I'm just wondering, um, you'd think Singletary would get the majority of the snaps there at the position, but um, it seems like there's a bit more competition there now. I'm also interested as to why they signed Trubisky when there was Drake from there. I'm just thinking maybe they're not um, as happy with his development as they would have liked to have been at this point. Um, and the other thing is, I think, the lack of a better tight end signing. I don't think they have much depth there, and um, it would seem that uh, Jacob Hollister is their best at that position, and I just don't think that's quite good enough. I do. I see what you're saying, and I definitely agree with the running back position. I don't understand because what they're going for here, are they going for sort of a three-headed dragon sort of attack like the 49ers did in the past few seasons, or are they going to give one running back the majority of the carries? Because Devin Singletary last year, he wasn't overly impressive compared to his rookie season. Um, Zach Moss did impress in some aspects, but he's not really that sort of lead back you want, and he's not that consistent. Maybe Matt Breida will bring something there. In regards to Jacob Hollister and the tight end position for the Bills, the Bills were one of those teams where they were able to give touchdowns to a number of targets throughout the season. I think they almost they tied the record, I believe. Don't quote me on that. So when you have Josh Allen as quarterback and you have Stefan Diggs as your number one wide receiver, you've got a lot of reliable targets on this team now. I don't think they need a Pro Bowl tight end, really, to boost that offense. I think that offense is already quite impressive. 
in regards to the defense, that's where they struggled last year. And I do think re-signing Matt Milano was a very important move in the offseason. That's why I think this was a good offseason for the Bills, mainly because of that signing. And in terms of their pass rush, they did address that in the draft. We'll get to that in a few weeks. I agree. Um, the only other thing is um, when you've got all these weapons there on offense, and I think obviously, you know, Diggs will get a heap of attention from opposing defenses. You're going to want, um, you know, an alternative option that can step up. And I'm just not so sure Hollister is such a reliable option, but we will see. Um, we're going to move on now to the Miami Dolphins, and we graded their offseason a B plus with the likes of uh, Jake, Jacoby Brissett, Malcolm Brown, Will Fuller all being signed. They lost Fitzpatrick, Shaq Lawson, and Kyle Van Noy, who returned to his former team, uh, New England. And they traded um, for uh, Bernardrick McKinney. Um, yeah, so I, I thought the B plus, um, you know, it's a fair grade. I, I gave it a B myself, but I think, um, you know, they, they, they made a few decent signings. I like the little fuller signing there. Um, I think it's really nice deep threat option there for Tua. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was... It was kind of like the Bills. It was a pretty standard offseason. Nothing too out there. Um, the loss of Kyle Van Noy, I think, was a cap casualty more than anything. But it probably wasn't ideal to lose um, that kind of experience on the defense. Yeah, regarding the Dolphins, they didn't... When looking at their death chart, they don't have too much to improve on at certain positions. I do think their defense is really good. So they didn't have too much to improve on there. Regarding the offense, I think that the team's success and the offense's success is heavily dependent on Tua's development as a quarterback. If he plays well, the offense will play well, the team will be strong. So that's what really hindered the Dolphins last season and you know allowed them to not make the playoffs, was really just Tua and the play calling was really safe. I do believe Jacoby Brissett is an upgrade as a backup QB to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do think that he's a bit more consistent in that sense. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has, has sparks of magical moments as we saw last season, but he's not able to consistent, consistently get wins for his team. So. We'll see how the Dolphins go. Overall, good offseason, but nothing great. I agree. <clears throat> On to the New York Jets now. They signed Keelan Cole, Corey Davis, Tyler Croft, Carl Lawson, Sheldon Rankins, Jared Davis, and LaMarcus Joyner. They re-signed Josh Adams and Marcus May, and they lost Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco, Brashad Perriman, Neville Hewitt, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole. We gave them a B. Um, I think... No, it was an okay offseason for the Jets, um, but they made a few decent low-key signings. I think Keelan Cole is a decent wide receiver. Um, Carl Lawson is a nice veteran piece for the defense. Um, and I actually do like um, Lucas Joyner there, the safety, um, to pair with Marcus May for their franchise tag. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not upset with any of the uh, free agent signings they made. Um, what I am worried about is still that defense. They didn't really address it too much. Um, I do think that that's their weak point. Also, it's important to know they did get rid of both Sam Dunlop and Joe Flacco. So they really are putting all their eggs into the same basket that is Zach Wilson. And if he doesn't turn out the way they hope as a number two overall pick in the draft, it could be very bad for this franchise in the long run because right now they they really need to build around Zach Wilson. It looks like they're doing that on the offense, but they definitely need the, uh, the defense to keep up. So you think they didn't put enough um, thought into the defense this offseason? I do believe they made, they addressed some parts of it, but I still don't see too much that'll like elevate the defense to a whole new level. I do agree that Carl Wilson is a great pickup, and I do like Marcus Joyner as well, but I do think that 
going into the season, it's not enough to elevate them and play strong against strong offences in the AFC. That's fair. I do think, though, that Lawson, Rankins, Davis, and Joyner are all pretty decent additions, all at different positions on the defence as well. So I think they have addressed um, multiple aspects of the defence. It's not like they've gone into the offseason just thinking about Wilson and the offence. They've gone in and they've made um, you know necessary signings to help bolster the defence. I think they've made upgrades for the most part. You look at Neville Hewitt, Jordan Jenkins, Brian Poole, I don't think they've lost that much um, from those guys as opposed to when you look at the fact that they've signed who they've signed on defence. So I think they've actually upgraded there on the defence, which is what you want to see, like you say, because obviously they're going to be building around um, the offence and Wilson, but you want to see the improvement on defence. And I think um, some of these signings have shown a uh, discernible commitment to improving the defence. So I'm pretty happy with that for the Jets. Yeah, and we gave this the Jets a B as a grade. And it's important to note with the defence that Robert Sala is now the head coach. So I definitely do agree that he will definitely bring a big sort of skill improvement to the defence as a whole. That's right. On to the final team in the AOC East, and that is, of course, the New England Patriots. We gave them a grade of A um, for this offseason. They went for a bit of a splurge this offseason in free agency, especially signing Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. And um, they also upgraded on defense with the likes of Matt Judon, um, Carl Van Noy, who, as you said, returned, and Jalen Mills. They also acquired Trent Brown, the tackle from the Raiders, and re-signed Cam Newton, James White. Uh, however, they did lose jo uh, Julian Edelman to retirement, and Marcus Cannon, the tackle, who was traded to the Texans. But overall, I think it's hard to deny the fact that it's a really impressive offseason oh, for the Patriots. Um, I really liked what they did at the tight end position because they didn't just stop at someone like Hunter Henry. They also picked up Johnny Smith, who I think was um, really kind of in the shadow of Delaney Walker in Tennessee. And now he gets an opportunity to kind of um, really step out and show what he's really made of because opposite of Hunter Henry there, I think they could make for a really nice tight end tandem. Um, Aguilar is an interesting one. I think he... I think he kind of got his career back on track at the Raiders. I think he did some nice things there. They do need receiver help with the Patriots, so I don't mind that signing either. Matt Judon is a nice piece on defense, as is Carl Van Noy, who is, of course, used to the system. So he slots right back in there. And Jalen Mills is a decent pickup as well. Absolutely. Great offseason for the Patriots. Easily the best in the division, in my opinion. Um, last year, the Patriots' biggest struggle were the receivers. They didn't have anyone for Cam Newton to throw to that was reliable. So they brought in a ton of targets for him and potentially Mac Jones if he you know steps up to the plate later on in the season. Um, regarding the defense, they brought back Calvanoy, who I thought was a bit subpar at the Dolphins, but I think under Bill Belichick, once again, he'll be a very viable asset. Also important to note that the defense last year, they didn't have Dante Hightower. He opted out of the season and he will potentially and probably, in my opinion, be back for this season. That just makes that defense even more better. Great, great additions to the team and not that many, you know, sort of soul-crushing losses um, besides maybe for diehard Patriots fans that Julian Edelman retired, but he didn't play much of last season and he wasn't really the problem or the best part of that season. I think Edelman's absence does have um, the potential to make a negative impact. I think he's definitely a locker room presence, or he was a locker room presence among that receiver group. And he does provide, you know, obviously he brought so much experience to that position group as well. And that will be sorely missed, I believe, 
this upcoming season. So it's going to be on some of these younger receivers on the Patriots to kind of step up and fill the void. But like you said, no crushing losses here. I really don't think you can really look at this and say that, you know, there were too many negative outcomes. I think a lot of this was successful for the Patriots and it's kind of just they need to get back in um, Super Bowl contention. However, the quarterback situation is definitely very fragile. I don't know how long Cam Newton um, survives um, in a starting spot, but that's a conversation for another day. We gave them an A grade, the Patriots, and we're going to move on now to the AFC North and kick it off with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, their notable signings include the likes of Riley Reef, Trey Hendrickson, Larry Ogunjobi, Eli Apple, Chidobi Awuzie, uh, uh, Mike Hilton, and Ricardo Allen. They re-signed Samaje Pirine, Quinton Spain, and Mike Daniels, and they lost Giovanni Bernard, AJ Green, John Ross, Carl Lawson, Gina Atkins, Mackenzie Alexander, and William Jackson III. We gave them a B-, but I think you look at some of these losses for the Bengals, and I think... You know, you lose, I think you've lost a number of decent players who contributed both on offense and defense. Um, Giovanni Bernard was kind of a jackknife on that offense for them. So, you know, you lose a lot of versatility there. AJ Green last season was disappointing, but um, before his injuries, he was, you know, one of the best receivers in the game. John Ross probably hasn't lived up to his potential just yet, but he showed signs of his time in Cincinnati. Carl Lawson, as you said, is... A decent loss, so, so is Geno Atkins. Mackenzie Alexander returns to the Vikings just one season after, after departing. I think a grade of B- minus is a little bit friendly here for the uh, Bengals. I should give them a B because I think some of their signings were decent. But looking back now, I do believe some of these losses do probably slightly outweigh the gains they made. Yeah, I, I initially voted for a C to give them, but... I do think B minus or C plus that sort of area is fine because they did address the defense very well. I think Eli Apple and Chidobi Awuzie are very good signings. I think Awuzie in particular is quite underrated. Um, and the defense was definitely their worst aspect last year. That and the offensive line, which they got Riley Reef, which is quite a good pickup in my opinion. Um, in regards to their losses, I don't think that AJ Green, John Ross have been particularly good any like in past years at all i think aj green is quite past his prime it was very disappointing last year and i don't know i think it was time to move on for both aj green and the team they brought in jamar chase we'll talk about that in a few weeks in our draft episode but i don't think the losses at receiver are too bad considering they've got t higgins there and they're they're building around joe burrow which is great on the offense carl lawson and gino Atkins will definitely be missed sorely they were great parts of that defensive defensive line for them <coughs> And as well, losing Mackenzie Alexander and William Jackson does hurt the defense overall. But I'm glad that they sort of addressed that with their free agency signings. I do agree. I think it was time to move on from the likes of Green and Ross, who weren't probably producing as well as they thought they should have been. And like you do, like you did say, um, Jamar Chase comes in and joins the likes of T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who are um, pretty formidable uh, receivers in the league. Um, and so I think, yeah, I agree their commitment to upgrading the secondary is um, pretty admirable considering that was probably their weakest link. Obviously, the defense is the worst part, but I think the secondary was the worst part of the worst part. So upgrading there was really important. And so, yeah, I, I, I think maybe um, a B- is a pretty suitable grade in the end. Yeah. Onto the Browns now. 
we graded them a B. They signed some guys like Tack McKinley, Jadavion Clowney, Malik Jackson, John Johnson. They re-signed Rashad Higgins and Malcolm Smith. And they lost Olivier Vernon, Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, BJ Goodson, and Carl Joseph. I think this was a pretty... Oh, it was, it was a pretty standard offseason, I thought, for the Browns, but I think they do that they did make some pretty good signings. I think Jitter Van Clanny is definitely um, a good upgrade um, to their pass rush to just partner with Miles Garrett. I think it's going to be really a lethal combination there. Malik Jackson shores up the, shores up the defensive line, um, and you get some depth there at linebacker with Anthony Walker, and John Johnson is um, a decent piece in the secondary as well. I'm... I just think this was a very average offseason for the Browns because Jadavion Clowney, I know you said it's a good upgrade, and when he's healthy, it works, but he's not healthy often. He's past his prime, and he was extremely disappointing when he was on the Titans last year. I'm not sure how that'll pan out with the Browns this year, but I do like the Malik Jackson signing. I think that is the highlight of this offseason, that and the signing of John Johnson. I think they're two very good pickups, but I do think they're losing quite a bit of... um. Decent players here on Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, Carl Joseph. They're, they're, they're decent players. Um, there's nothing really spectacular about this sort of offseason. Uh, that's why I initially gave him the C plus, but B is also fair. I think Clowney, he had a decent... He's, he's only one year removed from a decent year, I thought, um, in Seattle. It wasn't too great, but I think it was pretty decent. And the two seasons before that at the Texans, he had 18 sacks combined in those two seasons. So I feel like he can def definitely still offer something um, at Cle Cleveland um, alongside Miles Garrett. Obviously, most of the attention will go to him, which is why I feel like he can get back into some form with most of the double teams going Garrett's way. Um, I think with some young um, players in a secondary such as Denzel Ward, I feel like he do need some veteran presence there. And I feel like it was Troy Hill and John Johnson are pretty decent signings for that secondary Um They've really gone for the defense you can see this offseason, the Browns, because they do have a fair share of talent on offense. So I feel like they did go and sign players at the positions that were necessary. I feel like there wasn't really that much um, necessity to go and sign offensive players when you already got the likes of you know Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, and Jarvis Landry. So they've gone the defense, and I feel like that was the right decision. And the, some of the signings they've made have been pretty impressive, I thought. But we gave them a B. So um, that's all right, but we're going to move on now to the Ravens and some of their notable signings with Sammy Watkins, Alejandro Villanueva, uh, and Kevin Zeitler. They traded for Josh Oliver for a conditional draft pick. They re-signed Tyus Bowser, Pernod McPhee, Derek Wolfe, and LJ Fort, and they lost Mark Ingram, Willie Sneed, Orlando Brown, DJ Fluker, Yannick Ngakwe, and Matthew Judon. We gave their offseason a C minus. Um, I think this offseason was very average from the Ravens. Emily, what did you think? I think this is the first bad offseason of the episode. Honestly, I think the losses far outweighed the signings. I think that losing Mark Ingram, while he is way past his prime, he did definitely add a veteran presence to that running back group, and we don't know how uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to fare you know, carrying the load. Willie Sneed, he was also a, a very solid piece of that wide receiver group. Um, they brought in Sammy Watkins, which is good, but I don't, I don't feel very, you know, excited about this wide receiver group. Hollywood Brown still hasn't showed us that he can be a number one receiver. He's had flashes of brilliance, but 
We're still waiting for that passing game of the Ravens to really excel. Um, Orlando Brown and DJ Fluker being gone, that also hurts. And also Yannick Ngakwe and Matthew Judon. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, the, the losses are too great, I think, for the Ravens. Um, I don't think they sort of redeem themselves in their signings. That's why I think it's a bad offseason. I think it's interesting because I do believe um, Sammy Watkins is an upgrade over Willie Snead. However, um, Willie Snead really fit really well in that offensive scheme, the slot there. He had a lot of success with the Ravens. So I feel like it was an interesting choice, um, you know, letting him go in free agency. But I think Watkins, you know, does have the potential to be a nice replacement there in the slot for them. So we'll see how that pans out. I think Villanueva is a decent addition to the offensive line. But, yeah, you look at some of these losses because Orlando Brown is a really good tackle and they um, lost him to an AFC rival in the Chiefs. Obviously, you mentioned about Snead. Ingram as well, I do agree with your point. Um, he, do, he did provide some really nice veteran presence there and we will see how um, Dobbins fares as the main guy. I do think he has the potential to step up and be that guy this season, but you know, probably could have benefited from that veteran presence. Um, Yakin Garquay, while he was um, a bit disappointing these last couple of seasons, I do think he was, he is still a really um, serviceable piece in this league. And Judon, I talked about earlier, I do like Judon a lot. So yeah, some of these losses are in fact notable. And um, while I don't think this was necessarily a bad off season, I think it was trending in that direction. On to the Steelers now in the final team of the AFC North. And the Steelers had a pretty tragic offseason, you've got to say. We graded them a D plus. Um, Kalen Balage was their only notable signing. They re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster and Cameron Sutton. Um, but you look at these losses and, you know, they've lost James Connor, Alejandro Villanueva, Marquise Pouncey, Bud Dupree, Avery Williamson, Mike Hilton and Stephen Nelson. So... Two key pieces of their offensive line is uh, are gone, and you look at who this line is protecting Ben Roethlisberger. And um, if I was him, I wouldn't be feeling too keen about the offseason they just had, losing two key pieces and not really replacing them with anyone in this free agency period is pretty um, sketchy to say the least. I think Emilian, and um, yeah, I don't know about replacing James Connor with Kalen Ballard. It just, it just seems very just like a careless kind of yeah. signing. Bud Dupree had a really good season last year and he's gone as well. Um, and then two decent pieces in Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson in that secondary are gone as well. So I think a lot of key contributors are just gone and they really replaced them with no one. Obviously, re-signing Smith-Schuster was important, but not enough to compensate for these other losses. Absolutely. I think if there was a debate as to whether or not the Ravens offseason was bad or not, there's no debate here. The Steelers offseason was bad and... What shocks me the most is that they didn't really address the QB position. They don't have a backup plan if Ben Roethlisberger gets injured or or decides or isn't playing as good as he can because he's got no protection, he's old, he's not moving well. They, they've got no backup. If he goes down, the still season is over. And losing all of these players, especially on defense, that defense was incredible last year, and they just sort of let so many players just walk away. Juju Smith-Schuster... Was very disappointing. He's been disappointing as a wide receiver one, and re-signing him. While it is important to have him back, I don't think that he's going to excel just because of this re-signing. He, he's been on the decline since Antonio Brown left, and yeah, their signings just signing one running back when you have this uh, like Najee Harris coming in. 
It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm very confused by this offseason and not, not happy with it at all. So, we talk about Roethlisberger. If he were to go down, the options there at backup are Dwayne Haskins, Joshua Dobbs, and Mason Rudolph. So, it's looking pretty grim there for the Steelers. Um, I think it's looking pretty grim with or without Big Ben because on the field last season, you could just tell Big Ben is way past um, his prime and he is on his way down and out of this league. You'd have to imagine at some point soon. So, um, I think it doesn't help his cause either that they aren't really looking to protect him much with the offseason they just had. Um, and so I feel like this is a pretty bad offseason that we can agree on. Um, we're going to move on now, though, to the AFC South and kick it off with the Indianapolis Colts. They signed Eric Fisher, traded for uh, Carson Wentz, re-signed Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, and Xavier Rhodes, and lost Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Justin Houston, Anthony Walker, and Malik Hooker. Emilian, tell me about it. Alright, um, so we gave them a B. I think overall pretty good offseason. Um, I think their biggest loss is definitely Justin Houston. I do think he was doing good things there. Malik Hooker as well is also a pretty notable loss. But they were able to re-sign Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, and Xavier Rhodes. I think those are the three important pieces to their, to their roster. And signing Eric Fisher, that just boosts the offensive line, which is great. Because the offensive line is arguably their strongest point as a team. And Phillip Rivers is definitely the reason that they didn't advance further in the playoffs last year. I think Philip Rivers had a bad season last year. It was quite obvious he was, he was done with it, and that's why he retired. But signing Carson Wentz, or trading for Carson Wentz, was a really good move. I do think that now he's reunited with Frank Reich. I do think he can sort of play up to, maybe not up to the level of his MVP year, but maybe around, he can definitely elevate his game. I do think that it, was, it just wasn't working out in Philly with Doug Peterson. He's back with a different head coach, one that he's familiar with. I do think it'll work out better than it did for the for the Eagles. I think it's a good offseason for the Colts. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And looking back now, I do think maybe we could have given them uh, given them a B plus instead of a B, um, because I think it was a low key decent offseason. Um, it definitely was time to move on from Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz. From the options that were available at quarterback this offseason, I feel like Carson Wentz for them made the most sense as you say, to reconnect with Frank Reich. And so I think that was a good move. Eric Fisher is a former number one overall pick um, and he just helps protect Wentz, which I have no issue with. And their re-signings are also pretty important as well. Marlon Mack was producing big time for them the last season before he got injured. Um, T.Y. Hilton has been a really reliable wideout for them um, the entire time he's been in Indy. And Xavier Rhodes... I think had a pretty decent season considering the poor season he had before that in Minnesota. Um, and some of the losses, I think Brissett don't really mind that loss. Rivers, same thing. Um, Malik Hooker is unsigned, so I don't know how big of a loss that is. Houston is a bit of a loss, but I think overall you look at these losses and you think, well, it's probably time for some of these guys to move on anyway. And you look at their gains and their re-signings, and I think that outweighs the losses, and so I think a B is definitely deserving. I feel like we could even give them a B plus, but give them a B, and we're going to move on now to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we graded a B as well. They re-signed CJ Bethard, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Agnew, Philip Dorsett, Marvin Jones, Tim Tebow, Roy Robertson-Harris, Damian Wilson, Shaquille Griffin, and Sean Jenkins. They acquired Malcolm Brown in a trade with the Saints, re-signed Cam Robinson and Sidney Jones, and lost Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, and Tyler Eifert. 
Um, a lot of things to break down here for yeah. the Jaguars, and I think you know the first thing you look at is Tina Tebow at tight end. Um, they lot they lost Tyler Eifert as we say, and picked up Tim Tebow, which uh, I think is very interesting. We'll see if he actually makes the final roster for the Jaguars, but um, you know you, you look at their uh, tight ends and. There aren't a lot of names there at all for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I don't think that there's such, you know, such long odds of him making the final roster, yeah. depending on how he goes in camp, because their current tight ends are Tyler Davis, Ben Ellison, Luke Farrell, Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, and Tebow. I think O'Shaughnessy is the only really, um, I guess, household name. He, he's the guy who has been... Um, probably most productive for them at tight end. So I think Tebow has a chance to stick around personally. But when you look at the offseason, I think it was okay. Um, Carlos Hyde, I don't know how much sense that makes yeah. um, when you've got... You've got James Robinson and ECM yeah. was just drafted as their first pick of the draft. So Carlos Hyde doesn't make much sense. But I do like the signings at wide receiver. I think that losing Killicon and Chris, Con Chris Conley... They're, they're decent players, but I don't think the loss is going to be that bad when they just signed, you know, Marvin Jones. I think he's actually pretty decent as a player. Um, we'll see what he can do. They've got a new QB, so they're definitely loading him with a few more weapons. And I think the highlight of this Ravens period is signing Shaquille Griffin. I think that's a really good pickup. He's a very underrated cornerback, um, and he's going to do good things, especially on that, you know, sort of new and up-and-coming sort of secondary. That's right, because he will now partner with CJ Henderson in that secondary, and they, they did they did also pick up Rachel Jenkins, so it's a good piece. They did upgrade their secondary, which is um, pretty important, considering how bad their defense was, but they do have a young defense, um, obviously with Caleb on chase on there as well, on that defensive line, so um, they did, and also I do like, like Roy Robinson-Harris, I like what he did in Chicago, um, so I feel like they did make some nice ads on defense, which is what they need to do, as well as um, surround Trevor Lawrence with some offensive talent, which I do agree. Marvin Jones is a, I think, obviously he was in the shadow of Kenny Golladay in Detroit, but on his own, I feel like he's a good wide receiver in this league. So I liked those signings, and I think a B is a deserving grade for the Jags. On we move now to the... Laughing stock of the NFL at the moment, that is the Houston Texans. We graded their offseason a C plus and they signed a bevy of players, including Tyrod Taylor, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, Chris Conley, Andre Roberts, Dante Moncrief, Taewon Taylor, Justin Britt, Malik Collins, Jordan Jenkins, Neville Hewitt, Christian Christian Kirksey, and Desmond King. They made a couple of trades. They acquired uh Shaq Lawson among them, as well as uh Marcus Cannon and Resigned Vernon Hargraves and they lost Duke Johnson, Will Fuller, JJ Watt, and Benadric McKinney. A lot of stuff again here, a million to unpack. Um, just I think it's just a lot of nothing signings. Yeah. You look at some of these names, Tyrod Taylor. Like I think maybe here they're thinking, um, obviously with all that's going on with uh, Deshaun Watson and his um, you know, imminent legal battles, I feel like he might, Tyrod Taylor might um, take over that starting job. Um, in the absence of Deshaun Watson, but you look at some of these like signings that Mark Ingram, you know, okay, Philip Lindsay, I like, but then Rex Burkett as well doesn't make much sense to me. Like, how many running backs do you need to sign, you know? And, and they're all kind of aging running backs as well, apart from, uh, sorry, with the exception of Lindsay. Um, 
And again, for wide receivers they signed the, the Texans, um, I just don't know, like, and, and they're all average as well. You know, exactly. there's, there's nothing that really pops out to me here. Um, what do you think? Yeah, for me, there are three signings out of this long list that I like. I like the Philip Lindsay signing. I like the Justin Britt signing. And I like the Desmond King signing. Everything else is just kind of... These aren't players that you're going to really see make plays at all. I think the loss of Will Fuller is a lot greater than gaining four very average or low average receivers. I think losing JJ Watt is absolutely huge in terms of uh, locker room presence and motivating the team as a whole. Uh, we've seen what JJ Watt can do, even if he's not producing sacks, we've seen what he can do for the team and sort of like raise morale. Um, very, very average offseason, potentially bad. I'm not a fan of the massive list. Uh, Tyra Tell is a good backup, but that's about it. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that, um, especially the JJ Watt part. You do as well if they're both on and off the field. And there just aren't that many signings that you can look at and think, you know, he's going to make a real difference. Yeah. Um, and you'd think that this team is going to be, you know, one of, if not the worst in the league this coming, upcoming season. Moving on now to the Tennessee Titans. And I believe they had a really nice off-season. Um, I think they had one of the best off-seasons in the league, quite personally. They added Josh Reynolds... Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, Janoris Jenkins, Matthias Farley, and they traded for Julio Jones um, for just a 2022 second round pick and 2023 fourth round pick. They re-signed Anthony Ferkser and Jalen Brown, and they lost Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Johnny Smith, Jadavion Clowney, Malcolm Butler, Rory Jackson, Desmond King, and Kenny Vaccaro. I think, obviously, a lot to break down here, I feel like... Um, Josh Reynolds, first of all, is a, um, I feel like he's a definite upgrade over Adam Humphreys um, in the slot there for the Titans. He slots right in perfectly. Um, and you've got uh, some nice defensive um, additions, especially Bud Dupree, um, who, as I said, came with a really nice season um, in Pittsburgh. And uh, Janos Jenkins is definitely a nice veteran um addition there at cornerback. And then you look at Julio Jones in that trade, and they definitely won that trade, I think. They fleeced the Falcons, I believe. And they didn't I feel like with it when you look at their losses, Corey Davis, average, Adam Humphreys, he was, he was alright. I do think Johnny Smith will be missed. Javon Clowney we talked about, I think he's still decent, but you know, he's probably not not nothing special at this point. Same with Malcolm Butler. Rory Jackson was okay. I think him and Desmond King are, you know, reasonable losses. And Kenny Vaccaro, Vaccaro is unsigned. Yeah, I, I do agree. This is a really good offseason for the Titans. And obviously, one of the highlights of the entire offseason as a whole was the Julio trade, which was one of the more recent transactions. But absolutely stolen from the Falcons there. The Titans pick up uh, one of the best receivers of all time. Uh, brings a big presence. I think he'll be a great sort of mentor to AJ Brown, who's developing and is showing to be a really good receiver. In terms of their losses, some of these names, I do remember when we were doing our all AFC South team, we were talking about like how the AFC South has, doesn't have a lot of all-pro defensive players. They're sort of young people on the up, at, uh, up and coming. Um, and some of these names, such, such as Adore Jackson, Kenny McCarroll, that they sort of haven't proven to be great players. They've been good or decent, but I don't think they'll be overly missed too much at the Titans. 
Um, I do love the defensive signings of Bud Dupree, Norris Jenkins, and Matthias Farley. I think they're really good. Overall, really good uh, offseason for the Titans. Yep. We gave them a B plus. I think they're pretty stiff. I think an A personally, but definitely deserving of a B plus at least. And I'm going to move now to the final division in the AFC, and that is AFC West. We're going to start with the Broncos. We gave them a B. They signed the likes of Mark Boone, Bobby Massey, Ronald Darby, and Kyle Fuller. And they acquired Teddy Bridgewater from the Panthers. They re-signed Shelby Harris, Kareem Jackson, and Justin Simmons. And they lost Phil Lindsay, Joel Casey, and Ado Boye. I think um, B is a pretty reasonable grade. I think their losses are pretty... Um, not severe, but I think that they are definitely reasonable losses. AJ Boyer is a really nice cornerback. Joel Casey's is a definite presence on the defensive line. And Philip Rinsey is a decent running back. So I feel like there's some pretty, you know, hefty losses. But some of the signings as well were pretty decent. Bobby Massey from the Bears, he's a average tackle, but you know, he's his depth on offensive offensive line. Um Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller are pretty decent ads for the um uh cornerback position. Um, I don't know about Teddy Bridgewater. I, I feel like he's just okay. He's another bridge quarterback, pun intended. Um, but he's definitely not the uh, long-term answer at the position. Um, we'll talk about their draft grade later on, but they passed on um, a certain Justin Fields. But where you go to them at B? What did you think? I think it's, a, it's an alright off-season. I do think the highlight is definitely re-signing Justin Simmons. I think... That was the biggest part of this offseason. Justin Simmons is, I, I'd say, arguably the best player on that team. Um, definitely doing great stuff for them. We also have to acknowledge that uh, the Broncos were decimated by injuries last season. Um, and a bit, and it all started with Von Miller being injured before the season even started. And that sort of derailed them from the start. I do think if he comes back healthy and sort of provides that sort of motivation for the younger guys to, to step up and be great, um, it'll, it'll help them in the long run. But... That QB situation is just... I still can't believe they did pass on Justin Fields when he was right there available, considering how bad Drew Locke has been, and considering that Teddy Bridgewater isn't really starting QB material. He's, as you said, a bridge quarterback, which is a perfect way to describe him. He's sort of that placement before they move on to a franchise quarterback, which they could have gotten in the draft, but they passed on that for some reason. Um, decent offseason, but nothing special. Yeah, we will get on to that Justin Fields situation in due course, but... I liked your point about Justin Simmons. I do think, I think with, you know, obviously they've got such a talented defense, you can't say he's the best piece on the defense, but he's definitely a top three piece on that defense, along with the likes of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. But yeah, it was really important that they re-signed him because he is um, definitely, I, I think he makes the most noise. Obviously, he's a safety, but he can come up and play. He can make um, impact, uh, you know, in a linebacker kind of position as well. So he makes a lot of nice plays for them, and I think it was really key that they signed him as well. Um, so they get a B. On now to the Chargers. We gave them a C this offseason. They signed Jared Cook, Corey Lindsley, and Kyla Fackrell. They re-signed Michael Davis and Michael Badgley, their kicker, and they lost Tyrod Taylor and Hunter Henry. Um, Mike Pouncey, Melvin Ingram, Denzel Perryman, uh, Casey Hayward and Rayshon Jenkins. Um, I feel like their signings and re-signings are just very meh. Like, you look at their signings, Jared Cook is, I think he's a decent replacement for Hunter Henry, but I mean, you know, there's nothing really else there. Corey Lindsley, all right. 
Colin Fackrell is just he's he's an average um, linebacker, and you know re-signing their kicker. Uh, there's just not a lot there for me to kind of look at and think. You know, nice. You know, yeah. Um, some of their losses as well are quite um, hefty. I think Casey Haywood is. Um, I think he will. He will. He will be missed. Um, Denzel Perryman, uh, Hunter Henry, I think, is a better tight end or has better tight end prospects than Cook. So I think he's a loss as well. So it's just a very average offseason. Yeah, the, the losses far outweigh the, the positives. I don't understand why they re-signed the so-called money badger, but uh, considering how many games he lost for the Chargers, he's not a very accurate kicker. He's not reliable at all, and that's definitely a massive problem for the Chargers. The defense, they, they just lost too many pieces that were actually quite important. Uh, overall, I don't think they're doing the team any favors. They're going to put more, that's going to put more pressure on the offense and Justin Herbert to excel. Um, considering Justin Herbert had an amazing rookie season, the Chargers as a whole were a bad team, and a lot of, a big reason for that is the defense and the offensive line did improve. But uh, Mike Pouncey retired, and I'm not really a fan of this offseason at all. Very average indeed. Yeah. Now to the Kansas City Chiefs, we graded them a B this offseason and quite a lot to unpack here for yeah. the Chiefs. I mean, then you've got the likes of Jerick McKinnon, Kyle Long, Joe Thune, Austin Blythe and Jaron Reed all being signed. They acquired Orlando Brown from the Ravens and as well as, uh, sorry, Mike Hughes from the Vikings and they re-signed Demarcus Robinson, Taco Charlton and Daniel Sorensen. But they lost Le'Veon Bell, Damian Williams, Anthony Sherman, Sammy Watkins, Eric Fisher, Mitchell Swartz, Kelechi Osemele, Stephen Wisniewski, Austin Ryder, Damian Wilson, and Bashard Brewand. Emilian, I want to get your thoughts on this offseason. That offensive line. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. They completely swapped out the offensive line, essentially. Um, they did lose Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz, two of the best tackles in the game. Um, and it showed when they were absent in the Super Bowl how, how much... Um, home struggled and the Chiefs often struggled as a whole but I do really like the signings of Carl Long, Joe Thune and Austin Blythe I love the trade for Orlando Brown um, regarding the running backs Le'Veon Bell, Damian Williams eh, there's a lot left to be decided I think Le'Veon Bell didn't really do anything for the Chiefs all that much once he was signed Damian Williams opted out last year so we haven't seen him in a while um, yeah it's not it's not the best offseason but with a team like the Chiefs I do think they definitely manage the situation pretty well considering what they lost um yeah as long as you got Mahomes as long as you got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey I think that offense is fine um they definitely rejuvenated the offense line it'll be interesting to see how they work together um especially with Mahomes because it's a completely new look we hope that Andy Reid will get that under control um yeah there's not too much more to say to be honest with me to be fair I think I personally believe that this offseason is offseason is trending more towards a B plus and a B I did uh, to your point about the offensive line, I definitely agree. Um, I do, I did like how they were able to coax Kyle Long out of retirement. Um, I also like the Joe Finney signing, and of course, the Orlando Brown acquisition is really, really crucial. Um, he's a really nice tackle, and you know, I think he's going to slow him perfectly. You know, he's just the kind of um, tackle you know that they need, they need to protect Mahomes. Um, and the re-signings are pretty important as well. Demarcus Robinson is, you know, he's not like a big name, but he's he's a reliable receiver who catches a pass every now and again for the Chiefs. And Daniel Sorensen is actually a, a, an underrated key piece of that defense. He makes a lot of key places. He's a hard hitter and he's a nice partner for Tyron Matthew in that secondary. So 
some of these re-signings are quite important as well. Um, getting, getting on to the losses, and I agree with your point, Le'Veon Bell, you do not miss much there considering the output he gave. He was virtually a non-factor um, during his time at the Chiefs. Damien Williams, while he did opt out, it was just, he's just one season removed from that um, incredible season where he just came out of the blue, and he was the difference in that Super Bowl win against the 49ers. He took that game over. I think he will be missed. Um, Anthony Sherman was, you know, he did, he did a few little things there. Tony Watkins, a bit of a loss. Oak Fisher. Osemele was injury prone, but um, yeah, I, I do like the swap of the offensive line. I feel like we did upgrade there. Um, Damien Wilson, he's a nice piece that they lost. Um, it's, it's hard to judge because there are so many names here, but I feel like their trades for Orlando Brown and Mark Hughes are good. Mike Hughes, I think, will be a nice add in the secondary. So those two trades, I think, are a success in my mind and the re-signings. So I think you look at the trades and re-signings and they were the key positives, I think, for them. Um, I think you look at those things and then the swapping of the offensive line is the really key aspects of their offseason. And yeah, I feel like it's more deserving of a B plus than a B. But I think the reason we gave it a B is because some of those losses are, um, you know, pretty decent. On now to the Las Vegas Raiders. We gave them a grade of a C plus. Um, again, a lot of um, additions and losses here for the Raiders. Kenyon Drake, John Brown, Willie Sneed, Yannick Ngakwe, Quinton Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Casey Haywood, Rasul Douglas, and Kyle Dresses were all signed by the Raiders. They re-signed Zay Jones, Richie Incognito, and Nevin Lawson, but they lost Nelson Aguilar, Tyrell Williams, Jason Witten, Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Tack McKinley, Vic Beasley, Raekwon, McMillan, and Lamarcus Joyner. I feel like there's a lot of losses there for the Raiders. Um, we talked about Aguilar's little mini resurgence as a receiver in the league. Tyrell Williams is a decent player. Witten, eh, whatever. Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson. I mean, you lose a few pieces there on that offensive line, um, which is probably not ideal especially when they didn't really sign many players to replace those guys on the offensive line. So we'll see how that decision works out for them in protecting uh, Derek Carr. And yeah, losing Vic Beasley, Tack McKinley, and Michael Joyner probably wasn't ideal either. So I feel like, um, you know, around a C, C plus is probably accurate. Yeah, I think this offseason is just the definition of average. I think that losing that offensive line, Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson, Gordon Hudson, they're all really good players. Um, that helps the Raiders succeed at times in the season. And just losing all of them is going to be very hard for Derek Carr. Um, speaking of which, this team as a whole, you'd say it's a pretty young team. They're definitely building pieces more and more each year. The one thing that they're, they're not doing is changing quarterbacks. And Derek Carr's getting up there. He's a good quarterback, but he's not going to excel and elevate this team to Super Bowl contention. You've got to wonder, where are the Raiders going with their quarterback? And how quickly is it going to happen for them to go to being borderline just they're just average they keep almost making playoffs and disappointing every year um regarding Kenyon drake i think it's a good signing to sort of compliment josh jacobs i do think josh jacobs by himself is carrying too much of a load for the raiders run game and i think it's important that he has someone to help him out there i like the signings of john brown and willie sneed um especially john brown signing i think he's a very underrated receiver and it'll just help out the raiders receiving core a lot um that being said, very average. Um, they lost quite a lot of pieces that were really important to them. I agree. Um, Derek Carr, about, I agree about your point on Derek Carr because I feel like it's more about the guys around him than him, him himself, I think. Um, 
I feel like he can be a quarterback on a championship winning team. He just needs the guys around him. And um, I feel like they have been steadily improving the Raiders. But, you know, with this kind of roster turnover, I just don't know how they're going to manage a lot of continuity. Because um, some of these losses were definitely contributors last season. And, and you see, like, you're, you're really hoping that these new additions come in and, and are able to just slot in and make the same kind of impact. So you're kind of betting really a lot here, I think, of your Raiders because there's not a lot of continuity with the um, guys who are making plays last season and now you're replacing them with these new guys hoping they can do the same. So it's a lot of um, a lot of what-ifs, I feel like, for the Raiders. And this could be a make-or-break season for Derek Carr um, in terms of whether he stays on next year because there was talk about him leaving this off-season. Um, he stuck around. So we'll see... Now, if they, um, you know, if they can't achieve success, if they can't achieve success again this season, whether he, his time in Las Vegas is up. But we gave them a C plus, and that wraps up the um, AFC West, and it wraps up the AFC our AFC free agency and draft grades. What do you think? Overall, good good stuff for the AFC. There's not one team in my opinion. I think. The winner of the AFC this offseason goes to the Patriots. I do think they definitely made the most amount of improvements overall, but I also respect the Titans for their offseason. Those two, in my opinion, are definitely above the rest by quite a margin. I have to say I agree with that. Um, there are a few winners, but yeah, I do think that New England and Tennessee got the most out of this offseason. That wraps up our first episode back for season two of the Touch It Under podcast. We will see you guys next week where we're going to go over our free agency and draft grades for the NFC. So until then, make sure if you haven't already, you check out our Instagram that is at touch.down.under. We will be posting um, clips on IGTV of um, these podcasts. So if you can't catch us on podcasting platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can see us there on Instagram. So make sure if you haven't already, you follow us there. Thank you guys for watching. Um, we're happy to be back. Happy to get into the NFL season. Absolutely. We're almost there. And um, we will see you next week. Bye.